0: It's joke. Your religions and ancient weapons are no match for a good church, sad, kid. Welcome to the Living Force Podcast, episode one, Master and Apprentice Roundtable Part One. On this episode, a roundtable discussion of the Star Wars novel Master and Apprentice by Claudia Gray. Strong I with the Force. Close Encounters of the Celebration Kind. I suggest a new strategy option. Let the Wookiee win. And the Utini team makes their predictions for Dooku Jedi Lost. I find your lack of faith disturbing. Now, here are your hosts Corey Helton, Eric Eilerson, and Charles Henkel.
1: I love how terrified we are of technology at this point. Well, and it, it always
2: like, freaking breaks on us, so.
1: It's the worst. It just hates the idea of Star Wars, which is like makes me respect the Millennium Falcon more than any time <laughs> in my life.
2: I also need to dig up my notes on man. You don't just, just want to like,
1: just go flying, and be like, I don't know. It was about the Jedi. I right? have a couple
2: of funny, I mean, a couple of things to say, I guess. From my, he notes, literally
3: but... just wrote down jokes. It's like a fifteen-minute routine. <laughs> <laughs> yes,
1: it is. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a it's a tight five about the Jedi. Yes. It's
3: literally fifteen minutes of material on the fact that someone called Dooku Dookie. <laughs> that's that's the whole bit. You
1: know the thing about poop jokes in Star Wars. <laughs> welcome ladies and gentlemen to episode one the phantom menace of the living force podcast we have a podcast now we have a podcast we this is the (laughs) second episode in the feed um
3: but it's episode one but it's It's episode one
1: we're we're inspired by star wars to go drastically out of order (laughs) um i am one of your hosts eric eilerson uh i am the content manager over at utini.com and with me are two fabulous gentlemen uh first of all we have mr Corey helton how you doing man i am fan friggin tastic oh and what do you do for utini
2: i invented utini don't ask me questions
1: (laughs) you're you're i am the senate (laughs) 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 and to his and to his right is the masameda of utini charles Hankel. (laughs) hey
3: everybody how's it going
1: Uh, And and other than um, having giant blue horns and slowly walking out of rooms, what do you do at Utini, Charles?
3: I am the puppet master of Utini. No, uh, I am a content creator for Utini. so I write a little bit, and I like to do a few of these things now and then.
1: Awesome. Uh, So welcome to you guys. Welcome to our audience. Um, I got to be honest with you guys, uh, the listeners. I'm never honest with you two. Uh, But the listeners, (laughs) we... (laughs) directly before this episode just heard our official theme that's on episode zero and this one but we're recording a little out of order uh and i'm still kind of blown away by the talent of our editor of this podcast
2: yeah it's a little
1: intimidating for what uh we got to bring to the table i gotta shout out
2: to uh matt davenport who did a heck of a job with that first first edit um Man, how do we get so much amazing talent on our team? I just don't understand it at
1: all. And, God, we are talking about it. Like, we're the ones that have the mics. So, right. I don't know how that worked out. Um, I don't know. Mm. <laughs> but, yeah, it's been a hell of a week over at Uteni. Um, Corey, uh, fill us in on kind of the – ridiculous amount of stuff that's happened yes. since episode zero.
2: Yes, yeah, so uh, we want to do this pretty frequently on the show, just kind of bring people in talk about what the, what's going on in our community and our website and all that good stuff. And um, man, we are like on fire this week, <laughs> I swear. I think we came back from celebration just completely jacked up. We added a whole bunch of people to our team. So let's, let's talk through that. I, um, I did an open call for essentially volunteers for anybody that wants to help out with stuff. And, um, I got a ton, a ton of, of, uh, of, of applications and resumes. It made me feel super official to get like real job applications this time. Now, back when, when these two a-holes decided (laughs) to email me, it was like, Hey, uh, you want some help or whatever. And you know, I just talked to them about it. Like now it's official. And,
1: yeah. Dude, I remember yeah. I was literally on the phone with you in my studio apartment pacing around in gym shorts being like, I've read a Star Wars, and now I'm in the company. Like that's yes. how I used to work back in the day.
2: Yes. You were the first person I interviewed too. Cause you, <sighs> you contacted me like within hours of it being, you listened to it immediately and then contacted me. So, and Charles, you were pretty fast too, if I remember correctly.
3: Well, apparently, in between me and Eric interviewing, it turned into video interviews. Thanks, Eric. I blame you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I talked to Eric on the phone. I didn't even learn what, what it looked like. I mean, if You're I knew what it looked it. like, oh, I probably mystery. wouldn't let him in. <laughs>
1: exactly. That's why this is an audio podcast.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we, uh, at, we, we added a whole bunch of really, really talented folks to our team. Um, I'll have to get the list and run through it at some point. Um, but yeah, that's been awesome. We. Uh we were trying to launch a Discord, which you talked about briefly last time, and we brought in a team member specifically to help us do that. He uh jumped on that so fast. Chris did an incredible job of that. And we got that Discord community launched in like 48
1: hours. I can't. Yeah, it's it's up. Yet. It's like going. It's it fun. is um yeah.
2: go check out our Discord community. You can get to it very easily from either our homepage, just in the header and the footer, or you can just go to com slash Discord and uh you can find a direct link to get in that channel. It's up to it's only been up for, what, 48 hours now? And uh, 71 people are in it so far. So it's already started growing pretty significantly. My phone isn't blowing out with people talking in there. So um, it's a ton of fun. If you want to join our community, go check out our Discord. We got that launch.
0: Um, yeah,
1: Go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, yeah, it's basically just like, it's been so cool just basically having this podcast or our company Slack channel in a public forum. Yeah. Like it's all these cool ideas about Star Wars. Like we have a kids books channel, which I would have never conceived before, but like a lot of people are parents on our team and a lot of people like love that stuff. And it's so cool to see like different facets of the fandom that I've never touched that are already blazing up in our discord.
2: Yeah. We almost launched a kids box too, back when we were still shipping books. Uh, We were so young. Yeah, we were so young. Uh, Two small things. I'll just briefly mention these. Um, We brought on a a guy who's uh, Trevor. He's over in the UK. He's been helping us out with a lot of the book database stuff. Um, We're getting ready to put the graphic novels and all the comic books all on our website. We're going to mass do that at one time. So we'll make sure we we announce when we're going to do that. That's coming pretty soon. Um, Excited for that. And then secondly... Um, you guys saw the bookshelf version 3.0 of our book collection yeah, was just like, like 20 minutes ago. Yeah.
3: It's amazing.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So back, um, back when we first launched the website, one of my big goals was to help people like track what books they own and don't own and that sort of thing. We had a, we had sort of a software that I had built for us. I paid some software developers to build it for us and, um that's really needed an update uh we just haven't gotten around to it just because it's pretty hard to to build software shocker um but we are getting ready to launch the the third version of that which is a an, an enormous overhaul um it looks completely different it functions completely different and quite frankly i think it's beautiful
1: <laughs> no it, it is it's a gorgeous oh, design and it's it's like it's adding so many features we didn't have in the first one because like I don't know about you guys, but when I'm trying to think about what Star Wars books I've read or I want to buy next, I literally look at my physical bookshelf and yeah. try to count like what I've read or what I've actually not read and stuff. And it's basically that you can make a list of what you've read is now in an online database. What you right. want, what your wish list is, we'll keep that track. We'll keep track of that as well. What you own digitally, if you want to get a hardcover copy, you can keep track of that. Um, and it's gonna be like to use uh, my new favorite phrase. It's gonna be super dope. Yes. Very excited <laughs> it about it, man. It is going
2: to be super dope. We're planning on launching that hopefully before the summer. Ideally, I would like to get it launched by the 1st of June. We'll see if that happens. Pay attention to our website and our email list. If you're not on our email list, go to our website and jump on that so you can make sure you get notified about that. But um, that's all going to be coming soon. Big things to Utini.
1: On the content uh, side of Utini this week, uh, just a couple quick things. With uh, Dooku Jedi Lost... The audio drama, uh, which I think by the time this episode drops, should be out. Maybe. It comes out on the uh, 30th. Maybe. Um, we're we're going to get a, such a finite release schedule this podcast, and it's going to be super impressive. Um, but until then, I think uh, Dookie will be out. So we, we have a couple articles about that on the site this week. The Star Wars show had uh, Daniel Jose Older on to talk about Last Shot, which was super awesome, because that's a rather old book in the terms of like internet culture. But it reminded me how much I dug that book, so we got a write-up on that tweet a little with Kevin Scott, who wrote Dooku. Yeah, so uh, we're going to try to get Kevin either on this podcast or get an interview with him later on um, about both Dooku and maybe some Project Luminous news, depending on how that goes. So it's been a really fun social week. There's been a lot of, weirdly a lot of content in the last couple of days out of nowhere. Uh, but it's been kind of keeping us all on their toes. And of course, as will be the focus of this episode, I published our official Master and Apprentice review on the site. And Good. real quick. I want to tell you guys about – oh, thank you. I want to tell you guys about how uh, we review books at Utini. how we're starting to do this now. Yeah, we we totally
2: totally overhauled this um, for – Like last week. Specifically for it. So Yeah. um, Because this is a huge team now.
1: Yeah. And and we've decided that, like, the more we do this, as you guys may have heard in our first episode, Utini and the Living Force is all about, like, the community of Star Wars. And we realized if Utini is putting out a review of a new canon book or, like, a big release that's coming out, we want you guys to know what we think about it as a full company, as a full community of ut staff members. This past week, we started up a private Slack channel, and anyone that finished the book could comment for like a week about whatever they thought. We could discuss it as a group and come to a consensus. And then after that consensus was met, I went in, I wrote a review Admittedly, mostly my thoughts, but as you guys will see, basically the whole staff agreed on what a masterpiece this book was. <laughs> um, so it was kind of an easy one to do first. But then I put in some additional comments by the rest of the staff at the bottom of the review. So after you listen to this episode, or if you want to pause it right now, head on over to Utini and check out our full review of Claudia Gray's Master and Apprentice. And going forward, that's kind of how we'll be doing reviews. Whenever you see something on the site, know that it's not just the writer that has the opinion; it's all of us trying to work together to make sense of anything.
3: Well, and outside of like the full length reviews, the way like if people on the team end up reading this later, like they still go in and they rate it and we have a whole star system up on the site. So even once the review is published, like there's more you can hear from more people. And even as you know, someone that's just part of the Utini audience, you can go in and put your own comments and reviews on the site as well, which other people love to see. Yeah,
2: that's that's a really good point. We I need to I need to really throw together some type of cool introductory video to our site because there's a lot of depth on our website. We've really put a ton a ton of work into it. I know like, we talk about our website a lot, but Right. Um there's a lot of stuff. Every time you can every time you click on a book on our website, whether that's in a timeline or in a review, wherever you click on a book, every single book in the expanded universe, all the novels so far, but eventually all the comics everything is going to have its own profile on our website so you can go in for example if you go to like utiny.com slash book slash master and apprentice i think this mm-hmm. is probably
1: the url master dash apprentice
2: or something something like that yeah it'll take you to the to the profile page for master and apprentice it's got our full review on there it's got lots of staff comments on there you can see ISBN numbers easy link to purchase it from amazon um it's a really great system it looks awesome um it's very nicely color coded. It's it's really cool. Um, so definitely check those out. Definitely check out our reviews. Uh, we we're trying to take we take this really seriously. We take reviewing really seriously. We want to offer an objective, multifaceted opinion on a book, not just one guy. Hey, Eric, go write a book review. I mean, we want to give like kind of an objective, definitive review of the book, and that's mm-hmm. kind of what we're trying to do at UTE.
1: So check it out and let us know what you think. And then Charles, you kind of released something rather massive this week <laughs> over there
3: yeah, well certainly something really time consuming something that we've actually been working on for a long time and it's and you know i i happen to be like the head of the project that released it, but we got a lot of work from a lot of people on the team rick powell helps stacy klein meg dowell you know lots of people did it and and what it is i should actually say is that the definitive utini guide to the legends expanded universe so uh, we put together basically a step-by-step guide through all of Legend's material based off of what era you would like to read in. We gave you favorite authors. We gave you the best place to start within that era. We laid out what series, you know, lay in each one and just little bit, little blurbs kind of on each one that will help you know what you're getting into because, you know, what what re- we've realized and a lot of people that have tried to start reading legends material have realized is that it's not necessarily easy it's pretty intimidating and you could make that case for really any star wars written material but i think legends more so than any other um so we really hope that now that this is up on the site it's going to help some people who maybe have gotten lost along the way or some people that are just looking to get started
1: yeah and i mean and i and as someone who is way more versed in the current canon than in the old legends like i i looked through it right when you posted it man even as someone that is is whose job it is is to find errors in Uteni stuff and fix it. Like I was amazed. I, I could follow it super easy and it made me actually want to read like the new Jedi order, which frankly I haven't had a ton of interest in, but the way it's laid out makes it super accessible. So if you're that person that has a friend that you're like, read this series of books that I love. And they've always said, no shoot them Charles's guide and be like, cool, pick any of these because yeah. it's laid out super simply. Yeah. Busy week busy week over there very busy week yeah um and we hope that each week we'll have just about as much content and we'll start each each week's uh podcast kind of sharing you guys what we've been up to but now i kind of want to dive a little into our focus on this episode as we said recently we were gifted truly blessed with the release (laughs) of claudia gray's master and apprentice um Her uh, her novel based around Qui Gon and Obi Wan before the Phantom Menace, uh, now officially the earliest canon book in the timeline, uh, and we're gonna take these next episode, two episodes, three episodes, however long it takes. Uh, Hopefully a max of three uh, to basically tell you guys about our thoughts, kind of give us a discussion review, a roundtable discussion of how it went. If you are a Uteni fan from way back when, we have a couple of these from way back in the day on like Thrawn Alliances. We did Death Troopers and there are kind of our favorite things to do. So before I hand this over to Charles officially to kind of walk us through this, because he's a master at that. I'm
0: I gonna. want
1: Oh, come on. <laughs> Come on now, you're you are you're at least a yaddle. Um, that's actually a huge <laughs> count.
3: all the Jedi count, <laughs> give me yaddle. I don't know if I should be stoked or you're, offended. You're
1: my yaddle, Charles, just know it. <laughs> um, uh, what what were you guys' kind of expectations for this book? Like, what's been your experience with Claudia Gray? Were you guys like huge prequel fans? Like, in the lead up to Master and Apprentice's release, what were your main thoughts?
3: I will say that the only other Claudia Gray material that I've read is Lost Stars. So, you know, it was a great intro to her, but I haven't necessarily read any of her other stuff, but I did love that. So I expected her to do a great job with it. Material-wise, I want as much prequel material as they will give us, honestly, especially when it's centered around the Jedi. You know, that's what I grew up with, and we talked a little bit about that last episode, but I was born in 93, so six years old when Ep 1 came out. I was a huge Qui-Gon fan, huge Obi-Wan fan, to this day Obi-Wan is still my favorite character really in any of the time periods that we've seen him. I just think that his character arc is the most interesting for me personally. So knowing that we were going to get more about those two was great, especially exactly where they placed this in the timeline. Mm-hmm. I think far enough away from the Phantom Menace that they had, or Claudia Gray rather had freedom to maneuver with the story, but there was still enough there to anchor us to what we already loved.
1: Totally. And I think that that's a,
3: that's an excellent
1: point that we'll come back to kind of near the end of our discussion on where we want to see uh, these characters or, I'm not saying series because it's not like the first book in a series necessarily, but this kind of general storyline go. Uh, Corey, what about you, man? Like, same kind of deal or? Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, everybody, we all know that Claudia Gray is a masterpiece. I mean, I will argue that, that she is, you know, debatably the best writer in the new canon stuff so far. I mean, she's very quickly ascending to the level of legend that, Timothy Zahn was back when he right. first got into Star Wars books back then. Um at Celebration, they very much treated her that way too. I mean, people were really lining up to get autographs. I was lucky enough to 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 get um to to meet her and shake her hand. We took a picture with her. Um she signed my uh celebration copy of of Master and Apprentice. She's super, super nice, super humble, um, really fun to talk to. If you can get your hands on any of the recordings of those panels from Celebration, she's really cool. Um
1: she's- Yeah, the uh, um I think it was uh what the force i think put out a uh, a panel of her fan fiction writing okay. panel so if you guys okay. are interested in that uh, check out the what the force podcast i believe it was them yeah so
2: expectations of this book um i will sort of play devil's advocate advocate a little bit with charles and i have never been a fan of qui-gon i've really been irritated by his character Whoa! he was not a great <laughs> character in the phantom menace mm-hmm. um he's he just makes very he made very irrational decisions seemingly to me and I was never a really a big fan of Qui-Gon. Um that may have changed a little bit with this book. We can talk about that. <laughs> um but uh you know, I tell you what the the context of this book is incredibly important because this is the first time that Disney has ventured into outside of the post Return of the Jedi era except for um Dark Disciple, which is the Clone Wars, yeah, and Queen Shadow, and Queen Shadow too. That's right, yeah. So but I mean,
1: that's so it's so recent; it still well, has. Yeah, I know it's all,
2: it's all sort of the same time. This yeah. time period is the first time they were clearly planning this, right? So, like, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm very interested to see what this means for the stuff leading up to um, Episode Nine. Now, I mean, we had the Emperor's cackle in in the trailer um Does that mean are we? Is, they haven't announced the journey series yet for the journey to the episode nine. I mean, are we going to get a bunch of prequel stuff? Because that would be super awesome.
1: Yeah. Or do we get? Do we finally get a Palpatine book that's like during? Because we had Plagueis, which is technically still Legends, but we still haven't gotten just a Sheev Palpatine book like during his reign. Even like we have no idea really what the Emperor was up to. Like we had Lord of the Sith, which was kind. It was more of a Vader book, but it was really more of a Chams and Dula book. Right. Um,
2: Yeah, we don't know what really the Emperor was up to during, at least in canon. There's a little bit of Legend stuff. Not really, but we don't really know what the Emperor was up to between uh, episode
1: three and four. God, what if they just drop a book that's like, all right, the first line of the book is him at the bottom of the reactor being like, ow <laughs> and then it's just like everything until episode nine <laughs> <laughs> isn't that a robot chicken skit
2: he's like falling down the shaft Probably. and he and he freezes and it does that music or whatever and it's like i bet you're wondering how i got it.
1: something like that um, I don't it's know. gotta be <laughs> well my best apprentice threw me down a reactor in the <laughs>
2: 30 years <sighs> yes, uh, yes. Uh, uh,
1: uh, uh. so that'd be dope i'd like that a lot um i mean I, i'm gonna kind of split the difference with you two a bit more towards charles um but like i claudia gray is my end all be all she's my favorite author in books have you i think
2: read, have you read bloodline
1: yeah i've no, blood- read all our star wars stuff bloodline or bloodlines bloodline singular okay
2: bloodlines is the legend it's a legend one yeah that's really not confusing at all
1: no 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 but uh i read lost stores bloodline and then leia princess of alderaan um, and oh yeah! I always all. forget about Leia. Yeah. That's,
2: that's the other Claudia Gray book. That one's excellent.
1: It's so good. It's it is. so good and very she, good because she's written Leia like uh, if you haven't read that. It's it's about um kind of adolescent Leia mm. um as she undertakes the trials necessary to be become worthy of being a princess of Alderaan and and, and, and Holo too. Yeah, and we get to meet Haldo and I, God, very, I love meeting Holdo well, in that book.
2: Very well de- developed in that book.
1: Yeah, and then you get Leia in Bloodline which is Leia like a little bit pre episode seven um, Mm -hmm. with a huge revelation. If you haven't read the book that comes out about her and the way Claudia Gray wrote politics in that and youthful fun in Leia and like the epic kind of space opera of lost stars. I didn't really think that that a universe existed where I wouldn't love this book. So it wasn't even that I was so excited. I was just like, it, it just didn't make sense for me not to love it. I just, I was so set in my ways and I'm, and I'm, glad for the most part i gotta say uh it lived up to it qui-gon i'm kind of with you cory like i liked him a lot but i didn't like i wouldn't put him in my top 10 when i was thinking about characters but i always loved how people talked about him you know especially in the eu i mean claudia gray's master and apprentice short story a few a couple years ago with him talking to obi-wan uh through the forest was beautiful yeah it was um all, this, all the Qui-Gon meditations that Obi-Wan went through in Kenobi, the novel. Like, that was mm-hmm. great. So, the story around him made me realize, like, there's, there's more to this character. And every time I watch Phantom Menace, Liam Neeson's performance alone, like, aside from everything, was just, I thought, super good and led into a lot of what made this book great. So, yeah, that's kind of where we all were when we started. And now uh, I'm going to switch outlines on my computer here. And Charles, take us into the official Utini Master and Roundtable Review Podcast Part 1
3: the first thing that i think we like to do uh is just talk about you know a really brief synopsis of the book so if you haven't read it and and you need this to learn what the book is about give a listen to it and then understand that we are going to talk about this in detail so this is spoilery i don't know if we have a uh spoiler alert sound yet but we should
0: we should start working on that and play it now spoiler alert spoiler alert spoiler alert uh, everything's under control. Situation normal. But
3: essentially, Master and Apprentice is about Qui Gon and Obi Wan going on a mission to a new planet called Pajal. Or at least that's how I pronounce the it. The audiobook and says
2: Pajal. And I was really irritated. Pajal? Yes, it says I,
3: Pajal. I, say I, I, I said,
2: said Pajal, actually, is how I pronounced it in my head when I read it.
3: Well, Corey, you're definitely wrong. Uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I could do Pajal. I could also do Pahal.
3: Okay,
1: little like with, flip the with H them. on the J, yeah, yeah. or
3: Pajal? It's spelled
2: P-I-J-A-L for yes. you, avid. So, so, so they go to
3: to Pijal or Pajal or whatever you want to call it, <laughs> and they meet up with one of uh, Qui-Gon's old friends and another another Jedi named Rail Avaros, and they essentially go there to keep the peace during the switchover of power from Rail, who is a regent, to uh a new queen who is a young fourteen year old, not unlike Padman, a lot of ways named Fanry. Um, but while they're there, Qui-Gon starts getting plagued with some what he believes are visions of the future of something horrible that's gonna happen. You know, from then on out it kinda just turns into Qui Gon trying to figuring out trying to figure out what's gonna happen and and you eventually see, you know, what does have, I, I can't say. Yeah. I'll say yeah. it. Major there. There. We can't, we can't. Yeah. We had to. we have to wait till at
2: least the very end of this to yes. break down the plot twists And this yeah. because it's, it's agreed. Yeah.
1: And I, agreed. I gotta say, before we get into any more specific plot stuff, one thing that super helped me with this book. And again, if you haven't read it yet and you're at this point in the podcast, turn this really off, am going to spoil it. Um, turn it off. You need to read uh, the book <laughs> and get the full cool experience. But, uh, Claudia gray, right when it was released on her Tumblr, Put out a fan cast of her care of her new characters with actor pictures, and um, yeah, and that helped me out a ton. Like so, like with Fanry and Rail and others, like she put up actors headshots that when she was writing it, she thought about. So if if you haven't read it yet, interesting, or you have and you want to do it again because it's so good, um, go on her Tumblr and she added. Do you remember some?
3: Do you remember Uh, any?
1: Benjamin Bratt was Rail. I'm trying to think of. I'm like I know him by name and face. Eric, but I can't. Is,
2: Eric is an actor by trade, so he's knows things that Charles and I are. That's not in medical books, Eric. No, it's
1: it's not. It's not a part of the body. Um, and then uh, uh, the opposition leader was Halen. What was her name?
3: Halen Azuka. Or yeah, or uh, yeah, was
1: uh, Uzo Aduba from uh, Orange Is the New Black. Ooh, okay. And uh, and then the cool. other one I don't believe I remember the actors. But it was super, super cool and super helpful. Just all end. I can
3: tell you is for Fanry, I, and I told you this, Eric, all I could think of was the actress who played Carmelita Spatz in a series of unfortunate events on Netflix. Yep. So you have to look her up. And it, it kind of it kind of messed with me a little bit because yeah. she was not. <laughs>
1: I really kept going to uh, the Enfys Nest actress, which I'm like, obviously not mm, possible. But I like, almost...
2: Almost met her at Celebration. She seems Uh, so
1: cool. She She
2: was walking towards me, and I thought it was her, but I wasn't 100% because I haven't seen her, like, out and about. She's not on social media, yeah. No, she's not a very big public Good for her. Her and um, and Ahmed were walking around, and I didn't want to bother them because they looked like they were shopping, but –
3: well, uh, let me just go ahead and cut in there and tell you what really happened to the audience. Corey started <laughs> running after them, and she screamed. <laughs> uh, it's He all- dragged oh. me out of the building. I got beat up.
1: No, he said, you're the Enfys Best. That's right. Oh, that's oh, my God. Best and Nest. They could be a podcast, the two of them. Oh, my God. Okay. All right. Sorry.
3: Let's talk about this book. Best so, and
1: Nest. Okay. Stop
3: it. <laughs> <laughs> we get it, Eric. We get it. Um, so basically, I want to talk first guys about the overall plot, and we're going to dive into characters as well. But as far as the overall plot goes, I thought it was really interesting that we find ourselves in the prequel era, one of the first stories that we're getting again in in canon uh novels, going back to an unknown planet, dealing with a young queen on that planet dealing with some political upheaval again, it, it was reminiscent, I think, of episode one. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, so, totally. Yeah. And so, again, we see, because we saw this in Queen's Shadow as well, we see an author, rather than shying away from things that a lot of people didn't like about the prequels, just fully embracing them and kind of going with that vibe and going with that flow and saying, I'm going to take this and make it what I think, you know, however I can make it better. Yeah. Um, how did you guys feel about that?
2: Um, well, we, that's actually, that was one of our biggest criticisms of, of Queen Shadow actually was that we felt like, you know, us as a team in general, Eric was much more positive with the book than I think we rest of us were, but. Um, die or took,
1: die for Sabe.
2: Yes. Okay. So it, it took, it took some of the worst parts of the Phantom Menace and sort of tried to explain them, but in, in the end, sometimes made excuses for them in a way that felt kind of forced and, this book, Master and Apprentice, on the other hand, was it, it seemed to just go with the flow in a way that's very hard to explain, but it felt very natural. It felt like the decisions that Qui Gon made in the Phantom Menace were very much, you know, similar to the decisions he made in this book. In character, yeah, yeah, very much in character, and yeah, and
3: informed. I think informed yeah. after knowing he had these experiences.
1: Right? Yeah, and I think that was one of the that that's one of the troubles of. Uh writing a prequel I mean this is a prequel to a prequel right Mm -hmm. and I think lesser writers can get caught in the trap of the audience already knows what happens to this character or you know that this person's obviously gonna live or you know whatever it may be so they kind of don't add as many stakes or they try to make things so ridiculous that it gets you excited whereas gray really just wrote a story that, like you guys were saying, I would believe the guys from Phantom Menace would have had, like, seven years earlier. Which is when yeah. this takes place. And I think it's also cool that she even mimicked the um, the setup of Phantom Menace to have them in, like, a battle at the start that's yeah. different from where they end up. Like,
2: Yeah, right. They, they're, felt, they're on that
1: other planet.
2: Yes, it really did feel like the Phantom Menace. Yeah, the like, book they're a better version of the Phantom Menace. Abs- yeah.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, like I, I have a lot of fun watching that movie, but the, the literal makeup of this book was beat for beat kind of inspired by the Phantom Menace, but you're right. So much better as far as quality, as far as pace goes. And the opening was, was straight up. uh, Like it got the exhilaration of the revenge of the Sith opening in that battle with like Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon flying on, like platforms in a hut opium den and Qui-Gon has a lightsaber to a hut's neck. And yeah. I'm like, Oh cool. That's who Qui-Gon is. Like, cause right. we've never really seen him on yeah. a, on a mission that intense before. It was also right. always like diplomatic negotiations. And this is like criminals. Character, I thought yeah. it was really character cool.
2: introduction in books is so important and they often, it often gets skipped over. I'm afraid because we know and love the characters so much in star yeah. Wars, but like that, you know, a good character introduction in any book it should be done in a way as if the reader does not even know who the character is. And it was done very well. I mean, you could look at that. You you could look at Qui-Gon the way he was depicted in this book and know, yes, this is who Qui-Gon is. This is who Obi-Wan is. Obi-Wan is struggling as an apprentice. Qui-Gon is struggling as a master. Qui-Gon bends the rules. He doesn't play by the rules that the Jedi want him to play by. I mean, you just figure out who he is. And that's so reminiscent of the original trilogy. One of my favorite scenes in all the original trilogies when we meet Han Solo. I mean, he freaking shoots Mm -hmm. Greedo right in the head immediately just, brutally murders him and flips a coin to the bartender. And it's Mm -hmm. like, oh my God. It's just, now we know who Han Solo is. We know what kind of character he is. And that was done extremely well in this book.
1: And I think one of the brilliant things about setting up Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan as the suffering relationship really is that we see them as such a good team in Phantom Menace. And I'm immediately like, why? Okay, what what happens? Like, I know they're going to get better. So I have hope about it. But I'm intrigued as to what can possibly mend it because they both have such, frankly, good reasons for why they're in their own camps. And seeing Qui-Gon be the one that breaks the rules and Obi-Wan get frustrated is such a fun parallel to what happens with Obi-Wan and Anakin, specifically in the Clone Wars. Having the apprentice that breaks the rules and Obi-Wan is still steadfast. Like he's a little cooler about some stuff. He's like become the well, if like if you're gonna drink, do it in the house. Like he gets a little cooler. (laughs) (laughs) It's an excellent (laughs) analogy. (laughs) But it's really cool seeing that mirror effect.
3: Yeah, no, absolutely. And and something that you said, Corey, I think you could almost read this book without having seen the Phantom Menace. And then you could move on to the And in some ways I think you might be let down by character development, but I think that you would have You'd have the idea of what's going on. You would know exactly what you're getting yourself into. And you're right, Claudia Gray. Waste no time with that with that hut setup. And there's some fallout from their their mission. On was it Teth? Is that was that the name of the? I think
2: it's Teth. Something
3: Target. like that.
2: it's Teth. Teth.
3: So they so they get back from this mission on Teth, which didn't necessarily go according to plan. Um, yeah, a, a hut may or may not have been taken hostage, and Obi Wan. <laughs> Uh, you know, didn't do everything he was supposed to do and Qui-Gon may or may not have thought this kid is an idiot, uh, or I'm paraphrasing. <laughs> Obi-Wan is 17 in this book, by the way. Yeah, he is. He is. God, uh, And, like, and
1: he's also been at the temple, but at 17, for 14 years. Yes. Which is so, I had to keep reminding myself, like, why do, why do Jedi always seem like such superheroes in the Clone Wars and Luke can, like, barely lift a thing? Because that's literally all you've done since you yeah. were, before you had memory. So of yep. course, by the time you're in your thirties, even your twenties, you're you're flying essentially. You know. Yeah,
3: yeah, absolutely. And and you know they're used to order and they're used to the council being the end all be all. And the council kind of has um, a reprimand for Qui Gon and for Obi Wan over how their mission went on Teth. But they have something more interesting than that. They have an offer for Qui Gon, something that we've heard alluded to before, but we've never really seen before and that is that they want qui-gon to join the jedi council
1: yeah i I was gonna say is that in phantom menace when obi-wan
2: obi-wan obi-wan says to qui-gon he says you have a direct quote charles he says something like i I don't have the quote no he says he says, says something like um why don't you agree with the council? If, if, if you didn't disagree with the council this much, maybe you would be on it by now. Something like that. Yeah. Like he says something along the lines. Of-
1: yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It's alluded, but I, yeah, I couldn't remember the exact point, but, but yeah, like seeing mm-hmm. that conversation happen, mm-hmm. like, and, and being in the same boat as Qui-Gon, like I just royally screwed up this mission. My apprentice is, uh, I don't know how to get out of this apprenticeship. Oh, the council's mad at me again. And then like join the council. Which is so crazy it alludes
2: to this book did a better job of describing how flawed the Jedi Council was than I think any other book, yes in maybe mm-hmm. any book in legends i mean it was just but it didn't it didn't outright say it it didn't outright say no. the Jedi council sucks i mean there were some allusions to that, but like uh, it was done so well you it, could just see the poor decision making by the council over and over again in this book and and it 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 just It
1: flowed right into the Clone Wars perfectly. And it's funny because them asking Qui-Gon to join the council is like conceptually a good idea because they do need that point of view. Like they clearly, the problem with the Jedi council a lot of the time is like, objectively speaking, is that they're too stringent on the dogma of the Jedi and they Mm -hmm. can't adapt to the world around them. Right. And when they do, they do it in so such a big way that they lose their entire identity and become generals. But Asking Qui-Gon on, I think, was such a bold move because they're acknowledging they need a little bit of progress. They need a, a little bit of fight, frankly, on the council itself, which I know we're going to talk about this more in depth later, made Yoda's revelation that he did not want Qui-Gon on the council really interesting, yeah. being the oldest and wisest. Like, it, it really speaks as like the oldest part of the generation doesn't maybe want that. Voice, and then it's like, Wait, does Yoda? You know, it it is a lot of awesome questions that I don't need answered only by this book, but I love that it raised them
3: right. And and I think it did some other things too because we look at Qui-Gon as a character, and again, he disagrees with the council apparently a lot from what they tell us in the book. And yet, when he is offered that, he is blown away and he's like, Without question, I'm going to accept this because it is that big of an honor. And what I think it does is actually shows us a little bit more what it meant in Revenge of the Sith when we see Anakin, you know, being offered a spot on the council, but, um, you know, being denied the rank of master and all that stuff that goes on. And I think it's even more interesting because Yoda is okay with Anakin coming on, you know, even with all the misgivings that he had about Anakin as a Jedi and as a person, And yet he was against Qui-Gon. I thought that was fascinating.
1: Yeah. And it shows how how deeply enmeshed Palpatine was with the political system in that he could appoint someone to the Jedi Council without a vote. Mm -hmm. Like, he could just, we had a Sith Lord deciding who's on the council. Yeah. Like, and this book really says, that's insane. Like, they lost. They're done. There's no way they could have come back from that at that point. You so, know what I mean?
2: Since since we're talking about the Jedi Council, this actually brings up an interesting point. Um there uh, there's like the Jedi Council and the Jedi in general are in sort of a generational time of screwing up, it sounds like. So um let's talk about let's talk about rail for a second. So rail yeah. is this is this rail
1: avaross yes
2: rail Avaros, a character created in this book he's, he's sort of an outlander type of jedi who was brought in at a very late age um they said five five years old he was brought in which is apparently like the latest the jedi had ever brought in he was ancient so at five him. yes ancient at five um obi-wan talks about being brought in at three which is very interesting so they let in rail at five right' Obi-Wan at three. They let Anakin on the Jedi council. He's the youngest ever to be on there. They were going to like quagging on there. Like what the heck is the Jedi doing? And they're like, yeah. like totally been in no, the like crazy during this time period. And it just sort of, you know, Palpatine's grand plan for the Sith just all really came to place at a beautiful time. Yeah.
1: And-, and really kind of tells you how truly insane it was that Anakin could be on at nine. Like, and the, yeah. like, which is why, like, I, cause I know as, as a, you know, eight year old when Phantom Menace came out, I was like, what do you mean? I'm that old. I could be a Jedi. And you're yeah. like, oh, no. You have to not remember where you're from right. to right. be essentially a Jedi because the temple has to be your home. You have to be completely dedicated to it because, as Anakin showed, the fear of loss of something back home is what started him down the path. So there's no way that Obi-Wan at three, for the most part, is going to have any memories that are strong enough to have him like want to go back. But he's close.
3: Well, and I think that's a. We're not going to talk about this now, but a moral question you could bring up about the Jedi practices in general. I mean, the, the kids aren't making that choice for themselves, right? Oh, so,
1: absolutely.
3: And we're and we're going to question the morality of a lot of things that the Jedi Order are doing later on because Qui Gon mm-hmm. was doing the same um, throughout the book. But one thing that I do want to touch on, because um, Eric, I think you mentioned it, but. What does it mean if Qui-Gon accepts this spot on the council? It means that he can no longer have Obi-Wan as his Padawan. Or he could, but it was a very unconventional thing. It's so rare, yeah. Yeah, and he was prepared to essentially let Obi-Wan go at a crucial time in his training. At 17 years old, it would have been essentially started from scratch with the Master when he is Mm -hmm. largely through his training. Yeah. That underpinning. So, under-
2: that, that, so that, that whole that whole character arc is is so important for the story. So the book is called Master and Apprentice. It's referencing to Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon, obviously. And the moment where Obi-Wan finds out that Qui-Gon is going to is has been asked to be on the council. Um oh, it's Qui-Gon painful. didn't tell him oh. yet. Qui-Gon didn't tell him. The Jedi asked they basically implied that he shouldn't tell anybody. Um, but Qui Gon did not tell Obi Wan yet, and it got dropped. Somebody said something. It was the, the chancellor. chancellor
1: did? The yeah. Chancellor said the, the head politician knew, yes. and his apprentice right. did not.
2: In that that moment in the book was beautiful. It said that Qui Gon just closed his eyes, and he could just he could he could the pain and the confusion and everything was radiating out of Obi Wan through mm-hmm. the Force so strongly. It was he described it like a sun or something like that. Yeah. Like, it was, yeah. it was a beautiful, beautiful scene.
1: Yeah, and I think that, that scene particularly and a few others, Claudia Gray really does an awesome job of letting you know just how vividly and vibrantly Qui-Gon is attuned to the Force. Yeah. Like, um, there's a passage where he's looking at a fern leaf, and it's one of my favorite passages in the whole book because he's talking about feeling the Force energy and the life in this plant.
3: And like he he apologizes to a tree when he cuts it down, or (laughs) or like he thanks it for its service. I was like, if this is not a tree hugger, like I don't know what is exactly. (laughs) And
1: so like, but and so he has like that high, high, high beauty, and then contrasted to the ultimate pain and betrayal that he feels from Obi Wan when he's already worried he's not doing a good job. And I think to your point, Charles, the idea of Obi Wan having to start over at this point is a big one because in Phantom Menace, he's again, seven years older and barely ready for the trials. Like he, I mean, obviously he gets it, but the council was a little worried about it still. So seven years earlier, he didn't have a chance of like jumping it, you know? And to the idea that for a man like Obi-Wan that had followed the rules, that had done everything right, I did what I was supposed to do. And even after all that, I might get screwed and lose my master and all my years of training. That I, I think had that happened, Obi-Wan goes down a much different path and starts oh, to yeah. get a little more rebellious as they said he was when he was a kid.
3: Yeah, well, and and I think, Corey, you said, you know, the book is titled Master and Apprentice. And so it's, it's about Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan. And that's absolutely right. Like, even I'm looking at the cover right now and the word Master is the same shade of green as Qui-Gon's uh, lightsaber. And Apprentice is the same shade of blue as Obi-Wan's. But it really is about the Master and Apprentice relationship in general, because we yeah, see mm-hmm. several different of those relationships. We get to at least hear about Dooku and rail because rail was Dooku.
2: Yeah. The flashbacks Mm
3: -hmm. were incredible. We also heard about Dooku and Qui-Gon and, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously on top of that, we heard about Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan. So it really is kind of just about what is that relationship? What does it mean? What are the different ways it can look and what is the impact that a master has on his apprentice? And I would argue vice versa. It's, it's almost just as important the impact that the apprentice has on the master.
1: Absolutely. And I think what with, with rail and Fanry, like they both think di- so differently about that relationship between them. Like rail is trying to replace his old Padawan with this new apprentice figure who is not that and who is, and who is actually going to have more power than him someday, you know? Yeah, and, yeah.
2: and that's, I, I didn't, I didn't realize until you just said it, Charles, that there are so many, there's are so many different Padawan master relationships referenced in this book. There really are a bunch. And yeah. the, the giant overarching story about rail killing his Padawan in that mm-hmm. really emotional trauma of that was so good. It was so good. Cause it really outlined like how important the Padawan
1: relationship is in Mm -hmm. it's um and that trust like that 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 bond is so unbreakable and the fact that he broke it you see the psychological torment right of what it did and (laughs) guys we're gonna get into that more next week because we are out of time for this episode at this point i know i feel like we barely scratched the surface of this book i was
3: super bummed i cannot wait to get a prophecy guys the prophecy
1: Next week, we're going to get into a ton of things about the prophecies. We're going to get into more character development. We'll get on Ampejal, get our favorite um, dialogue excerpts from this book, and bring you more news of the week from Utini. Until that point, this is episode one. So thank you guys for joining us on this journey of the living force. A few things, a couple housekeeping things. Go over to utini.com. Go check out everything we've been working on we're going to keep posting articles. We'll post our book reviews. Tell us your thoughts about books because that's kind of why we do this in the first place. Subscribe to this podcast on whatever you're listening to it on. If you want and you feel so inclined, rate us five stars. Give us a review to help more people find it. Ideally, we want as many people to listen to this crazy banter as possible. So please share it with your friends. If you want to kind of give them an idea of what you love about Star Wars, follow us on Twitter. We are at Living Force Pod. That's at Living Force Pod. And uh, we ran out of time this week, but other weeks we're gonna have uh, email questions from our listeners. And you can send those to Corey, remind me. What's the it's email address?
2: Livingforcepod at utm.com. You can there also direct message us on Twitter at LivingForcePod. You can find us there. Of course, you could always shoot me a personal email at CEO at utini.com.
1: The Maker. Okay. And finally, in our Discord, our Utini Discord, which you can find on our website, we have a separate channel all about podcast questions. You're going to throw them in there. Join the chat. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, and last but not least, join our Facebook group, the Uteni Cantina. We post there when we have episodes, when we have fun stuff, we have user polls, and just all our thoughts about Star Wars. But guys, I already cannot wait to talk more about Master and Apprentice next week. Uh, I have a feeling this is going to... Take us a while, but it is so worth it because we waited for this book
3: uh, for a bit. And I just saw, I just saw, I happened to look at uh, my Twitter feed, and it, apparently it is number five on the New York Times bestsellers list right now. Oh, nice. How do you to that out? So. Yeah, Dooku Jedi sounds like
2: it's really going to pick up right where mm-hmm. this book left off in a, in a way. I, Eric, I know you've listened to
1: some of it. We got an early copy.
2: Yeah, that book's going to be great. We get to see what he's like with his master to continue that master and apprentice thing. It's going to be awesome.
1: Yeah, uh, as, as we're wrapping up, guys, speaking of Dooku Jedi Lost, maybe out by this episode, but one sentence prediction. Charles, what do you think? It's one, what's one thing about it that you either uh, want we, or think?
3: We will see in a flashback Yoda warning Dooku about uh, prophecies.
1: Ooh, Corey?
3: Yeah,
2: I was going to say something on privacy too. Dooku is going to have, like, a big vision about, about the chosen one. He's going to misinterpret it.
1: Ooh, uh, and I will say nothing because I have started it, as you said. Uh, thank you to Penguin Random House for hooking us up with that copy. Keep an eye out for our review of that as it comes out, and order it wherever you get your audio stuff. And I think that's it. Until next time, we are Living Force podcast, and we'll see you next week. May the
2: Force be with you.
0: You've been listening to the Living Force Podcast. Be mindful. There is no hatred. There is joy. There is no division. There is union. There is no apathy. There is passion. There is no gatekeeping. There is community. Trust in the Living Force.